Coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast, our rundown includes our Desire Cup trip at TPC Sawgrass and interviews with Laura Rutledge and Georgia football legend Lindsey Scott ahead of the Georgia-Florida rivalry. It was a great weekend, and we recapped the entire trip there, plus big news from the LPGA Tour and an important title defense on the LPGA upcoming this week for a friend of the show. This week's featured guest is Tyler Feldman. He's my local sports guy in Austin, and we talk Texas golf headlines and his interactions with Sergio Garcia and other Central Texas area golfers. And when we always end with food, it's my Florida seafood adventure and a baking rebound for my co-host. And all of it is brought to you by our friends at Desert Fox Golf. I mean, Mike, when you, when you saw, I'm, I'm out here getting the Desert Fox word out to the people. Even even at Sawgrass, we got to let everyone know that Desert Fox Golf is the number one creator of the phone caddy, the cigar holder, the swing aid tumblers, and everything you need to make your golf round a little bit more fun, a little bit more convenient, and a little bit more entertaining. So what better way to celebrate Desert Fox Golf than to have them at your next golf event? That's right. If you are hosting a golf event, or you're planning a golf event, or attending a golf event that you think needs really great golf accessories and golf gifts in the swag bags of each golfer then just hit us up on instagram it's very simple send us a message at col podcast or at course of life alex on instagram just let us know about the event you're attending tell us that they really need desert fox golf gear at their event if they end up doing it then we will give you a cash referral of up to $200. That's right, up to $200 of a cash referral just for you playing in a tournament you're already in and recommending really great swag bag material from Desert Fox Golf. They're our friends and they could be your friends too with a cash referral at your next golf event. Again, DM us at COL Podcast or Course of Life Alex and stay tuned for everything that Desert Fox Golf creates. We love them and we hope you have Desert Fox at your next event. and welcome to Course of Life. We are proud to be presented by our friends at Desert Fox Golf and the Live Take app. I'm Michael, he's Alex. And Alex, uh, I know you're currently down in Southwest Florida in Paradise Marco Island. I'm still Mm, here in Savannah, but we were just together just the other day in, of all places, TPC Sawgrass. Yeah, you and I just walking around PGA Tour headquarters where the magic of the players happens. They just let us walk through the clubhouse and just have full access to the entire facilities. And it was a really cool trip. Not not only that, but but me finally getting to see your stomping grounds in Savannah, Georgia. It was it was a fun little trip. We got we got a little food and drink content. We got a little golf content. I, I think fun was had by all overall. Yeah, the, the real question before we get into the Desire Cup and what we were doing there is how much do you now want to return to Savannah to get the full experience? I do. And I, I do want to officially announce, uh, just like I did after our visits to Hyatt Regency Tamaya, is that Savannah, Georgia has entered my top 10 U.S. Metropolitan's countdown list. You're officially in the top 10. Congratulations. So you're part of a steam company, which does require a return trip eventually. When that happens is is yet to be seen. There's a lot on the calendar, so things could happen soon. But it was a really cool visit. Great waterside town. My vibes personally were it was great to have a mix of kind of a suburban town feel with a classic low country architecture, the trees hanging over the roads. But yet you were in the middle of the city at the same time. So it was neat to get that kind of yin and yang experience. Great food, great drinks. 
great climate, great weather. I, I might have caught it just at the right time, but it, it was a good time to see your city indeed. Yeah, October is a great time to be in Savannah, as I've said. I think maybe almost every year. But of course, after you got here, we made the two hour or so trek down I-95 to TPC Sawgrass for the Desire Cup held by uh, Danny Warfel's Desire Street Ministries. Um, End of the show. Yep. And, um, you know, we'll we'll hear more about uh, his the Desire Street Ministries and everything. But let's just touch real briefly on the Desire Cup and what it's there for. It's it's the rivalry of Georgia and Florida. Um, it's right before the Georgia-Florida game in Jacksonville. They bring in celebrities from both UGA and Florida, past alum. Um, and there were some big names there as well. And they play some golf. They make a lot of money for Desire Street Ministries. Let's just touch briefly on what, what they do and why they're raising money, Alex. It's so they can bring support to inner city ministries like and then help youth in those communities and it really is, it's a great cause really it really is it's unique because a lot of charities typically go you know directly to maybe people who are in need of the funds but don't necessarily know how to use the resources appropriately to help their community what desire street is doing and danny werfel's foundation and organization are doing is they're finding the community leaders the people that are going above and beyond in tough inner city conditions and helping out people in need and and, and maybe doing it necessarily when they don't have the resources to do it themselves, that is who they're helping out. And that's who the Desire Cup helps out. So it's really great to see not only Georgia and Florida football alums drop the rivalry, drop the beef, although it was still there and no, on it was display. Still there. It was still it was, there. It was all for a good cause. <laughs> and everyone got together to support Desire Street Ministries and everything that Danny's doing. And again, I kept saying it to you over and over during the trip. But, you know, Danny Werfel's a guy and now a friend of ours in the show. I'm proud to call him a friend who's a national champion, a Heisman Trophy winner, an NFL alum. He, you know, he could do whatever he wants with the rest of his life post-football and nobody would care. But he's going out of his way to create this foundation and create this support and this charity fund. And he's doing this every year out of the goodness of his heart. And it just show, goes to show you that there's a lot of great humans out there from all walks of life. We're connected through them through the lovely game of golf that you and I both love. But it, it was fantastic just to, to put that on display fully this week. Yeah, and it was, um, of course, started with that gala on Thursday evening, which uh, we got to learn more about the organization and what they do. We saw yep. the 2022 winner of the Warfel Trophy, and this is awarded to a football player who's does great things off the field. So it's not going to that top tier quarterback. It's not going to Danny Warfel. It's going to some third string lineman who's uh, trying to to raise money for causes and 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 uh, do do great things off the field. Yeah, it's important to see that too. It's like the every guy, and you forget that you know over ninety nine percent of NCAA athletes are not going pro in the sport that they play collegially. So how are they going to make an impact elsewhere? And, and Dylan Gibbons was the recipient of that last year, who we got to see firsthand, and it's exciting to see that tradition carried on as well too. And that was all kind of celebrated as part of the festivities on Thursday night at Sawgrass. That on Friday, of course, was the golf not on the stadium course, Alex. 
now dies valley course but by the way equally nice course yes completely mint condition absolutely pure fairways and greens rolling just like you would expect any sawgrass venue to but uh yeah it, all in all it was a really neat connection point for us not only to see the golf and display on friday but the events on thursday and there were some really get, great guests that we love to highlight as well too that's right laura rutledge who many people may know from espn and uh sec nation oh yeah was there and uh we you got a chance to talk with her for a couple minutes. This event is so special to me. What Danny Werfel does, what the Werfel Foundation does to help people in need and to help kids um, just matters so much. And I think there are so many people associated with this that give so selflessly. It's an honor to be a very small part of it. And I, I look forward to it every year. It's a lot of football talk and a lot of cool friends that seem to already know each other. What's your favorite part about hosting an event like this, being on stage and, and hearing from the legends once again? Yeah, I think you just said it, hearing from the legends. I mean, as a football fan in general, to be able to be in the same room with some of these people who are truly the founding fathers, the greats of the game. Um, that's just something that you never forget. And so uh, to be able to, you know, talk to them, hear their stories, they, they'll tell more stories too at events like this than they will on TV. So for me, it's really fun to get some of that insight. You do an awesome job, not only on the road with SEC Nation, but you wear a lot of hats, wife, mom, former baseball mom, I'm a Red Sox fan, so I know Josh very well from his experience. Um, how do you keep busy with it all and wear all the hats at the same time? Goodness, I, my brain is scrambled eggs most days. Um, but, you know, I, it's, it's a crazy phase of life right now, and I'm just trying to be really grateful for all of it. I, I, I always remind myself of that when things feel a little bit overwhelming. Um, but uh, truly not possible without Josh, who, as you know, baseball uh, was his first career. Oh, yeah. He's gone on to do all kinds of great things. He's in real estate now, but nice. I think seeing him be a dad has been my favorite version of him, and he's an awesome dad. So it's been really fun to be able to be on this crazy journey together. Dad, to your wonderful kids, but specifically, we need to get to Reese's picks. Yes. One of my favorite things on social media. How is she doing this season? I love hearing her prognosticate about the games um, and uh, how the picks gone so far for. Well, it's been hilarious because she has a new friend in the picks, and baby Jack, yeah. her baby brother, who just turned five months old yesterday um so she's been so fun like it we didn't know if we were going to keep doing it and she's asked to keep doing it so we're like all right girl if you want to keep making these picks we will absolutely support you in that um stay tuned for her pick this week i think it's going to surprise some people okay all right my last question is i know you've been all over in the sec what's your favorite tailgate in the sec very tough competition yeah i feel like that's asking which one of my children are my yep, favorite but um, i do love all the tailgates in the sec but I do think that Baton Rouge sticks out to me. It's so different. It's so unique being there. The Cajun flavor to all of the tailgate food. I love yeah. food. So getting to try different things is really fun for me. And just the vibe there is always crazy, especially for a Saturday night game in Death Valley. Awesome connecting with Laura there. Really enjoy her hosting duties on all ESPN platforms. She's everywhere. She wears a lot of hats, like we said. Unfortunately, Mike, Reese's pick not a winner. Nope. She said, go Gators. Yep. The Gators could not prevail or cover against Georgia. Uh, but based on her advice, Mike, it sounds like we need to go to LSU. We need to do a Baton Rouge tailgate. If Laura Rutledge is telling us that that's the best tailgate in the SEC, I think that's something we might need to add to our list. So I, I've definitely added that to the list of football excursions in the future. I'm sure there's some good golf courses over there, too. Oh, yes. Good call out as well. So shout out the uh, the Louisiana casinos. Uh, we're open for business and we'd love to collaborate. 
as well, too. <laughs> That's right, indeed. And uh, we mentioned that there's also, you know, greats from the football side of both schools. And yep, uh, Florida and Georgia. One Georgia alum that many people may know that we got to chat with. Run, Lindsay, run, Mike. This is one of the most famous plays in the history of the Florida-Georgia rivalry. And we're just casually catching up with him after he's hitting chips and putts on the green here at TPC Sawgrass. Take a listen to our conversation with Lindsay Scott. I'm, I'm loving being here. I'm, I'm, it's great always to come here and we have a lot of fun. And uh, now I can't brag on my golf game. I can't brag on my golf game, but okay. I do okay. I do okay. We have some fun. I have some fun. I get out here and see what I got, but we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. Tell me about the Georgia floor rivalry. It's obviously been part of you and, and your life for a while now, decades, but how's it feel to be reunited with not only Bulldogs, but Gators for a great yeah. cause? Yeah, but this is a good cause. You know, Danny does a great job in promoting this thing. We come out here, we have some fun. Dogs against Gators, man. And it's all fun. We have a good time. And it's for a great cause. So that's what's important. That's what's important. Very cool. Um, as for the golf game, uh, what, what's going well for you right now? What's difficult for you right now? Well, let's work through the adversity today. Well, I got the whole gamut. You can get, you know, I'm, I'm probably I'm probably chipping and putting a little better than I have, but uh, you know, the driver don't 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 have any eyes. I don't I can't I can't keep that thing straight. But my short arms are decent, but uh, you know, my short game is decent. But that iron, that 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 driver is uh it might go anywhere. I love it. Well, have fun out there today. My last question for you is we love asking our 19th hole question. So okay. when you get finished and you get into the clubhouse, you finish a good day on the course. Uh-huh. Let's say you play well. What's your favorite 19th hole order, your favorite meal and drink to get at the clubhouse? Oh man, that's a trick question. That's a quick question. But you know, I I probably probably I'll probably have a little pizza. I probably oh, have okay. a little pizza. I, you know, that's you know, I have a little, have a little piece. All right, pizza for Lindsey Scott. Uh, best of luck with the game today. Appreciate right? it. Appreciate it. That was the uh, the Desire Cup. We'll have a video coming up in a little bit, telling a little bit more about it on our YouTube. But you know, it was uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Florida won the Desire Cup. Right. And as we heard, the team that wins the Desire Cup loses the football game, and mm. that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and Ahmad Black was talking that talk, if you saw my Instagram. Yep. He was kind of letting it fly at the awards ceremony. There was a lot of gator chomping and trash talking on Friday. But we, we saw how it works on Saturday, and I, I told you this. I was like, Mike, you know, it's it's not going to be pretty on Saturday. It, it really isn't. There's there's no way to shape this. And, and Danny was very optimistic, and we'll have a great chat with Danny coming on next week's podcast. But, yeah, Georgia Bulldogs got it done on Saturday. So, regardless, a fun weekend overall, though, had by everyone in the Jacksonville area and uh, very fortunate to be a part of it all. There was big news, Alex, as we were driving back from Jacksonville. That's about right. The LPGA yes. Tour and uh, FM Global, this new championship coming to drumroll, please. TPC Boston. Oh, that's see, that hits me right in the feels, Mike, because yeah. you know that's the old Deutsche Bank. That's right, Deutsche Bank yep. championship venue from the 2000s. You remember it very well. There were Tiger Phil duels, there were Tiger VJ duels back yep. at TPC Boston. And just, one of the uh, best finishing holes in golf. Really. Yeah, great par 518th there. And it's been missing for a while. They took it off the rotation. You knew it was an every other every other year thing with the New York stop at the PGA Tour playoffs for a bit. They eventually removed it. I'm glad to see that the LPGA Tour is filling this spot and they are putting a professional tournament at TPC Boston. And the best part, Mike, 
they're doing it the same week that that playoff event was held. So it's going to be Labor Day week, heading right into the long holiday weekend. An awesome, awesome way to have professional golf back in the Boston area, which is something that you and I have been starving for, especially since we saw the U.S. Open at Brookline last year. And it is going to have, right, the biggest purse of any non-major on the LPGA Tour. Right. Yeah, when it starts with a three, that's a big deal on the LPGA yeah. Tour. 3.5 million, a lot of them are in the two million range. That's a big purse, big time city. That should be a really great draw. And I mean, I- I'm just making the plans already. I already told you, I was like, great news, honey. This is when we're going back to see the family in Boston. <laughs> so we're going to be Labor Day week, Labor Day weekend, uh, following the LPGA Tour. There'll be a lot of fun content there in the New England area. So excited to see that the, the LPGA and the ladies are bringing professional golf back to Massachusetts. The ladies, meanwhile, are uh, back in Japan this week for the Toto Championship, where defending champ Gemma Dryberg is looking to add another toilet to her house, which she told us about when she won this last year. Yeah, so this is this is more than just defending a golf tournament, which is why I had to bring this up, Mike. This needed to make our rundown because Gemma Dryberg, by winning the Toto Ladies Championship, won a fantastic interactive 2023 state of the arc fully teched out toilet that she's put in her master bedroom. I mean, this thing does it all. You you can check out our social at COL podcast. I'm going to put some content up this week about this toilet. This thing is like, it, it makes a Roomba look like a newborn in terms of technology. So th- this thing does it all. If she's able to defend this championship, Mike, and a Toto toilet gets in her guest room. I mean, this could be the best two-bedroom setup that you could possibly have if you're looking to stay over with an LPJ front of yours. So uh, shout out to Gemma, and I hope she gets it done this weekend in her title defense. Yeah, you know, my only concern with having two smart toilets in the house is that artificial intelligence is improving so rapidly that they could become sentient and take over the entire house. That's true. How many toilets does it take to take out a grown human being? That's what we're going to have to find out, I guess. Honestly, I think the answer is one. (laughs) Well, all right. Gemma's going to find out because she's going to keep winning in Japan over and over again. And we're going to get the answer to that question eventually. So, So best of luck to her this week. We have to talk about this other headline that came across this week. Uh, Also, I think on Friday as we were driving back, um, really surprising from another past guest, Vince India suspended for gambling. This was really strange to come across our timeline, admittedly. And another Corn Ferry player, Jake Stiano, got in trouble for as well, too. Essentially, what I found out, Mike, the only tea leaf I got for you is the PGA Tour went out of their way to hire a third-party agency to basically scrub the betting history of anyone who's ever played in any PGA Tour-affiliated event. And that's how they ended up finding Vincent and one other player. So uh, they're really digging deep against the anti-gambling. I find it a little bit ironic seeing as they're starting to enter betting partnerships and they've just opened a PJ Tour sportsbook at the TPC Scottsdale. Uh, but nonetheless, Vince has got to sit out for a few months now and, and wait to get back on the course because of this violation. So kind of yeah. sucks for him. Both of them suspended for betting on PGA Tour events that they never played in because mm. they're both not on the PGA Tour. Um, so I mean, six, this is that gray area, Mike. It's like you know, sh- uh, if a double A player bets on the World Series this week, no, no you know, should, should, should he get in trouble for that? Yes. I don't know. Yes, I think they should. You don't bet on your own sport because what if you're the AAA affiliate of the team that's in the World Series? What if True. you're the, you know okay. of the Texas Rangers? You have some sort of inside information, maybe even if you don't. It just looks bad. 
Yeah, so it's a tricky situation for Vince. Nonetheless, hopefully, maybe there's an appeal process or something that gets them back out on the course faster. But I uh, hate to see that happen to a, f- a former guest of the program. Hey, on our YouTube channels, if you haven't been over there to check out the videos we put up there, we got new ones coming every week. Alex is uh, improving in his quality. I think you're doing you're you're getting in the right direction there. One uh, percent better so each video. That's every the goal single here. video. Yeah. Um, Mini mini golf uh, from the uh, East Side Mini Open, uh, which is really cool seeing some of those holes there. And uh, more mini golf is coming because we played mini golf on our trip at the Marriott Sawgrass, a beautiful hotel, by the way. Yeah, there was an interesting bet on the line as well. So check out YouTube and search Course of Life Podcast and be sure to subscribe because those videos are coming in the pipeline very soon. This week is an interesting one, Mike. You're going to get to see me play the back nine at Austin Country Club, which we all know as the home of the former Dell match play. But I played it on a simulator. There's not many Mm. simulators that have courses like Austin Country Club, but it was a unique golf experience. So I'm going to showcase that as well. So again, subscribe to our YouTube and check out our video content. And you can also find full podcast episodes there as well. The PGA Tour is back in action this week. It's the Worldwide Technology Championship in Cabo. Mmm, Cabo. This used to be in in Cancun, the Mayakoba area, if you remember. But they've moved this to Cabo now. So the last time I went to Cabo was about six or seven years ago for a wedding. Have you ever been to Cabo, Mike? Have you been? To I have never been south of the border. Well, I, no, I've never been south of the border. I've never left the United States south of the border. It's interesting. So there's obviously the Cancun kind of peninsula there. There's a whole bunch of resort villages within an hour of Cancun. But Cabo is a whole different world out there over in the Baja Peninsula. Very cool spot. You kind of walk along the beach and you see all the hotels. There's casinos. There's high-rise buildings. It's all kind of built into a mountainside ocean cavern. A really cool spot if you're going to visit. And it looks like the PGA Tour is going to pay a visit there this week. They moved the Worldwide Technology Championship to Mexico and Cabo specifically. Um, So I'll be curious to see what the action looks like. I think that on, on, a, on the tune in scale, Mike, the one to 10 tune in scale, this is going to be about a four and a half or a five for me. The, the field is not super loaded, um, but the college and NFL football slate isn't fantastic. So I think there'll be moments when I could tune in to see who gets done in Mexico this weekend. Look, the real reason to tune in is let the course, El Cardinal at Diamante, is Tiger Woods' first designed course and his first course hosting a tour event. Oh, okay. So that's right. why you watch this week. I'm intrigued. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. I like the hype. All right. So it's a tiger course. We're playing a tiger course. I like that. I don't hate that. So yeah, Worldwide Technologies Championship, Cabo. Uh, looking forward to some tropical golf action. Indeed. All right. Let's get to this week's guest. Alex, you're based in Central Texas in the Austin area. Everyone should know that by now. Uh, and where there's a pretty good collection of pro golfers in that area, including this week's guest who's uh, talked to really kind of all of them, right? He has. I mean, you think about it, Mike. It's it's sneaky. Well, alumni. It's Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler. Okay. Yep. We got PGA Tour winner Nick Watney. We got mm-hmm. Sergio Garcia. We got yep. Andrew Landry. We got Dylan Fratelli, PGA Tour winner. We got legends Tom Kite, legend Ben Crenshaw. So there's a really cool consortium of pro golfers in the Austin area. Tyler Feldman's my local sports guy at KVU, the ABC affiliate in Austin. So he's on pretty much every night on your TV in Central Texas. But he has a really cool connection to the Austin golf community. He has some very interesting stories to share as well. 
We'll get to that conversation with Tyler in just a second. But first, let's talk to you about the Live Take app. This is where sports debates are solved once and for all, but not by you and your friend, but Mm. by anonymous Internet people who have far more sway and importance than your than your personal friends could ever have. That's right. The comment section, Mike. Yeah, you, you know, it's one thing to win a debate or a takeoff amongst your little circle and your little small little echo chamber, but like take it out to the internet and see what the masses think. And that's what we do on the live take app, where you and I go head to head each week and we debate sports topics and we figure out who, whose take really is supreme amongst the public. Yeah, it's uh, the public hates me is all you really need to know. I'm on a roll right now. Yeah, you really are. I don't I don't want to talk about it, but you can find us on there. COL podcast, Alex, COL podcast, Michael. You can challenge us or other people to uh, some some live takes. You can drop your own hot take and uh, see what the Internet thinks of your personal opinion on any sports subject you want. And yes, uh, let the people decide who the winner really is. So check it out. Live take. It's out there in your app store waiting to be downloaded right now. Live take. Let your take be heard. Next up on the tee, he's a sports broadcaster at KVU TV, the ABC affiliate in my hometown of Austin, Texas. And he's covered some of the biggest golf stories in Central Texas as well, too. It's Tyler Feldman joining us on the Course of Life. Tyler, how are you doing today? Alex, I'm honored. Great to be on the podcast. Appreciate you reaching out and extending the invite. Definitely. I'm kind of continuing the KVU lineage. I've had a couple of your coworkers on and Jeff Jones and uh, Jake Garcia. So it's great to connect with an, another one who actually plays the game of golf as well, too. And I saw in your background, you're, you're a proud Pittsburgher. So from what I know and my little bit of Pat McAfee content I've heard in passing, uh, explain the Yinzer term. And do you identify as a Yinzer as well? So the Yinzer term is basically the equivalent of Texans saying y'all. Instead of saying y'all, you're saying yins. Do I identify as a yinzer? Respectfully, not really. But I certainly love the fact that Pittsburgh has its own pockets of what makes Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh people, Pittsburghers, such great people. I'm definitely proud to be from there, born and raised. And I always tell people, look, you don't have a choice. When, when you come out of the womb, you're wrapped in a terrible towel. You're immediately a Steelers fan. You're immediately a Pirates fan. Nice. You're immediately a Penguins fan. You can't find many other cities that have the same color scheme of black and yellow, black and gold. So I think that all kind of adds to the aura of Pittsburgh sports fans. Yeah, definitely. And I grew up in a big sports town in the Boston area as well, where you were just immediately indoctrinated into the pro sports scene. But I always did appreciate the black and yellow all the way across the board for you guys. So very well done on the color scheming uh, as well, too. Um, My one Pittsburgh note for you, Tyler, is that I did get there in my college days when I was doing video for the basketball team. um, And I did get that Permani Bros sandwich. Are the locals cool with Permani Brothers or is that something that's just 100% tourist these days? It has become touristy because it's now a national food chain. They've gone national. There's restaurants oh, okay. all over. However, I, I love Permanis. I think it's one of the best late night eat spots that you can find in the country. I'll put it up there with a Waffle House, for example. But I always tell people when you look at the Permanis menu, everyone who has never been there before looks and sees their number two bestseller being the Pittsburgher. Now, the number one bestseller, 
off menu is Icy Light, Iron City beer, light beer. That's kind of a little fun fact for those not from Pittsburgh. Like that. But I yeah. tell people not to get the Pittsburgh. Don't be fooled by it saying it's the number two. Capicola and cheese is my go-to order. It has just enough spice. It's got the French fries. It's got the coleslaw. It's a great combination. So next time you go to Primanti Brothers, get the Capicola and cheese sandwich. Nice. So you want to be a little certified, feel like a local. That's the order. I appreciate that suggestion. You got to find your own unique sandwich that best fits you. But just to get the Pittsburgher, you're not necessarily going to be blown away. I think if you go Italian deli meat, you're going to be wow. Very cool. So in terms of, you know, moving from Pennsylvania and getting about with your broadcast career, um, you had at least a stop or two, I believe, along the way. But tell me a little bit briefly about your path that got you to KVU here in Austin. Sure. Happily. So I always tell people my dream, this dream of sports broadcasting originated when I was in about third grade. I just find myself on the weekends watching SportsCenter over and over and over again. And that was back in the days where they would rerun the Sports Center hour-long episode every hour. So oh, I, yeah. knew when I, I knew when I got to like San Jose Sharks taking on the Anaheim Ducks, West Coast hockey, I know that I had reached toward the end of the, the uh, episode. And I just fell in love with it and then played sports growing up, hockey, baseball, basketball, uh, golf. So by playing all those sports, and I'm, I'm a middle child, I love attention a little bit. I love being loud. I love being myself. So all those combinations, and I think I'm a pretty smart guy, led to me pursuing this. In high school, I called a couple high school basketball games on public access TV. And then I went to Penn State. I actually have a business degree from Penn State. Interesting. Through a mutual friend, just to make it quick, I got in touch with someone who was in student radio at Penn State. So my freshman year, I'm a business major on that path. And then I see the student radio station and I tell myself, man, I have to do this. I have to be doing this. So at Penn State, boy, we traveled on the road for Penn State hockey. I called a game at Madison Square Garden when they took on Cornell in one of those special college hockey events. Yes, I went to Quinnipiac. I know all about the college hockey scene. These days. Yeah, and I love hockey. It's my favorite sport. I love the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're my ride or die team. And so I got all these cool experiences traveling the bowl games, following the football team. And it just led to me saying, hey, I want to do this too. So I did broadcast degree. I did business degree. I graduated through a Penn State connection. My first job 10 days after graduating in May of 2016, I started at WBNG, the CBS affiliate in Binghamton, New York. Funny enough, Trey Wingo, Carl Ravage, Bill Pito, all some big names now. Bill Pito works at MSG. Carl Ravage, of course, at ESPN. Trey Wingo doing his thing, but he was at ESPN for a while. They all started their careers in Binghamton in the early 90s. So that kind of got me fired up like, hey, I can start here and get there. Um, After two years in Binghamton, a Penn Stater was the weekend sports anchor at the NBC affiliate WITN in Greenville, North Carolina. He was leaving. He took a job in Lexington, Kentucky. He's now in Orlando, but he helped me. He left and he helped me get that job as the weekend sports anchor in Greenville. I stayed there for three years. That was through the pandemic. And then I actually had met Jeff Jones before Jeff was a sports director at KVU. He was actually the sports director at the CBS station in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's right. Okay. I covered some Hurricanes playoff games. And you cross paths because Raleigh's only about an hour and 15 minutes west of Greenville, North Carolina. So I met Jeff on a couple occasions and I had been reaching out to him a couple of times. And it just so happened that that connection certainly helped me when my contract was up in Greenville certainly helped me 
get this job here in Austin. So that's the shorthand version of how I got from Penn State to here. Pittsburgh. Absolutely. Nice job with with what I call kind of the bounce around story that everyone has in the in the media world, like you are having city to city, but it's, it's really great to have you here in Austin. And, and it's an interesting thing because you and I both grew up in the Northeast where, as you know, college football is there, but it's not quite the behemoth it is down here. We grew up in very pro sports centric cities. Now being in Austin, what's it like adjusting to the college town vibe and, and Saturdays meaning more than Sundays on the weekend calendar? Yeah, so I'm actually pretty familiar with the college vibe. Greenville, you've got East Carolina University. Binghamton, you've got the Binghamton Bearcats. You've got Syracuse Orange, an hour and 15 minutes north. And that being said, I thought I knew high school football. I think Boston high school football is one thing. Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, high school football is a little bit elevated, I think, than in in the upper northeast, let's say Boston area. I thought I knew high school football, but it's nothing like here in Texas. I Being back here, I think the farther removed I get from high school, the harder it is maybe to put yourself in covering high school football. But I have refound my love for high school football. Now, I never played high school football, but it's so big here in Texas. It's so much fun here in Texas. So many people love it here in Texas. Heck, you get credit for playing a high school sport. You get credit for playing football here in Texas. That's not the case where I grew up in Pittsburgh. You still had to take a gym class. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Here in Texas. So just... Being here, surrounded by it every Friday night, and then this this year we've started something new at KU. Every Thursday night, we're live streaming a high school football game because there's five or six games every Thursday. So I'm yeah, having you got your commentating chops, Tyler, and I see you got the full play sheet out with the full roster. You're really diving into it, I can say. Exactly, and I did so much of that at Penn State, and I think people don't realize when you do local sports, local TV – a lot of us sports people, we have a love for the live events too. And so it's been great to get back into the play-by-play booth. I love doing that. I, I think I'd tell people that my dream is to be the voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins one day. But for right now, Austin is such an awesome, vibrant, growing city with so much great football on Fridays, Thursdays, and then of course the Longhorns. That's a whole different animal. Excited to get up Saturday to the Cotton Bowl for Red River Rivalry. That's going to be an awesome game too. Absolutely. It's very great to see not only your high school football uh, coverage, but the Saturday coverage you and Jeff and the KVU team do. It's, it's fun to watch on Saturdays. It gets you pumped up uh, in a college town like this. Uh, one thing that you and I are both going to be missing for sure, but it was a great experience so we can smile because it happened, was we were able to experience the Dell match play era here in Austin. I was there for the entirety of it. I know you got here for the last few years, um, but tell me what you enjoyed most about having that professional golf event here in town. I just love the March Madness tournament style of golf splashed into the PGA season, right? I mean, you watched the Ryder Cup this past weekend. It's that same deal. That made me feel like I'm going to miss Dell match play even more. Right. Because of just how exciting the battles are. And you see the competitiveness is so different from the golfers when they're playing for their country or they're playing in a tournament style head to head. The strategy is different. And I think Austin Country Club, such a beautiful course. One of my things that I'll probably miss the most selfishly is we got a media round every year. Uh, well, I took I, note. Trust me, Tyler. I'm very jealous. Don't, don't you yeah. worry. So I, I always, of course, my two years, I, I always tell people I'm, I'm probably a double bogey golfer. I don't play enough to really elevate my game. But the older I've gotten, the better I've got at learning how to best play my golf game, which has really helped. But playing that course is so much fun. And I'm, I'm going to miss that. But I'm certainly going to miss because you've got Scotty Scheffler. You've got Jordan Spieth. You've got so many local guys who went to Texas 
that were back basically in their home college town. And I think that's probably what I'll miss the most is that unique local connection, at least from a local TV affiliate opportunity to cover some of these guys on the biggest stage. Yeah, that is very handy for you, for sure. When you're putting the stories together each day, I, I, I like that angle. And, and you're right about the course. It's fascinating. It's a great course for match play, you know, on the heels of what we saw with the Solheim and the Ryder Cup. You'd have to think or hope that the PGA Tour is going to make some effort to get match play back on the calendar at least one more time because losing that event, is just it was a tough blow for, for an Austin golf fan like you and I. Exactly. And I think a lot of the members at Austin Country Club, obviously, you're giving up your course for quite a bit of time. And that I can empathize with. So I think as golf tries to figure out what it's doing at a professional level, you've got live, you've got PGA, that whole situation, I think created this different opportunity or these different mindsets. So I think once kind of like local TV right now, as industries change, things change. And I think we'll learn what works and what doesn't. So will the people in charge that actually make the decisions And then who knows? Yeah, maybe we'll circle back and Austin will get a PGA tournament at some point down the road. Yeah, my evil thought is maybe the Live Tour will come in and have a a match play of their own here at Austin. I'll take anything at this point. Heck, I'm the same way. If if that's what needs to happen for there to be big time pro golfers in the Austin area, because it's such a big golf city. It is such a city. And truthfully, growing up in Pittsburgh, when I thought of Austin, I thought of Texas. But Austin doesn't really have the same... Texas as a whole vision, I think that most people around the country and around the world have when they think of Texas, maybe the cow pastures, the longhorns and whatnot. Definitely. Well said. Yeah. And, and it's good you mentioned kind of the vibe of the city because it is a, a city full of golf courses. And one that I want to highlight is my good old friend, Lions Municipal. For those who don't know, one of the most classic venues in Central Texas. Uh, it's hosted tournaments back several decades and Legends of UT had won there. And there's a big fight that's ongoing entitled the Save Muni Fight. Um, talk a little bit about your coverage with KVU uh, um, through your work locally here regarding Save Muni and what they're doing to try and keep a, a Texas golf landmark alive sure obviously if you've never played Lions municipal as a golfer like myself who doesn't have a great short game it's nice to play a short course like Lions municipal so Definitely. you can drive the ball drive the ball pretty well and hopefully uh, lower your score as it's much the as course possible. for all of austin yeah i mean that well heck when i play austin country club i'm a i'm that that really exposes how terrible my putting game <laughs> yeah. is uh, I'll be on the green in three or four, and then I'm I'm four or five putting because the greens are that tough at, at ACC. But with Save Muni, there is just so much history. And I certainly, as an unbiased journalist, I certainly understand both viewpoints as to why some people want to build where Muni is right now and why a lot of people want to save Muni. But I think when you look at a city like Austin that's growing exponentially so fast that really the infrastructure can't even keep up, there is a certain need to keep green spaces. And what Lions Municipal Golf Course is, not only does it have historical value to the city of Austin, but it also creates a really nice green space for people to afford golf in the city of Austin, in a city that's become almost unaffordable for the average citizen. So they're doing a lot. They're adding walking paths. They're creating more events, movie events around municipal golf course that create and bring in different people that not necessarily are your once a week, twice a week golfers, but people that just 
want to experience something different about Austin. So it's growing the game. Yeah. It is just simply growing the game and there's always events to, to raise awareness and whatnot. But the people there too, that work there and that play there religiously are great people. When you take the time to get to know them and I'm a people person. So for me, when sports and community and great people all come into one, it's, it's the perfect marriage. Awesome. I appreciate you highlighting Save Muni and everything they're doing uh, to keep Lions alive. And you, you profiled a couple of other Austin area golfers as well. We already mentioned Spieth and Scheffler, the UT alums. One more we got to get to is that probably the the father bear of Austin golf, I call him. I see him at every corner, I feel like. He's maybe, the co- I'd say, one of the coolest old guys I know. Let's talk about Ben Crenshaw. I know you spent some time with him at the, uh, the Benefit, but uh, what do you enjoy most about spending time with a legend and a Masters champion as well, too? You know, at the last Save Muni event, I was actually able to interview him one-on-one. And maybe that's the video you're referencing. But it's almost, you have to pinch yourself. A guy like Ben Crenshaw, who I didn't realize from I didn't realize he was from Austin and grew up here until I got here. And so that's what I love about the journey and where this job has taken me to is because I get to learn about some pretty big time names across all sports. And for Ben Crenshaw, he's just such a down-to-earth kind human being. And it's amazing that someone who grew up playing on a municipal golf course became what he became and now is doing so much to preserve the game of golf in the, in the capacity that, that he and his wife are doing so in this community. So he's just a really nice guy. I think that's plain and simple. And when you accomplish so much, when you win the Masters, when you have this incredible professional career, everything that he is doing is who he is. And I think that's the best part about Ben Crenshaw. Yeah, uh, a great ambassador for the game. And, and I hope he keeps uh, showing up at events like that. And, and the other Austin resident I wanted to mention, just because he's kind of a golfer that gets conflicting opinions out there in the sports world. And I wanted to get your perspective. Sergio Garcia is a guy that, you know, been embroiled in lots of live golf drama in the last couple of years. But when it comes to locally in Austin, I see nothing but a very, really supportive guy to, to causes like Save Muni. What, what were your, your impressions of your interactions with Sergio recently? Super nice guy. I think what we sometimes fail to remember in this day and age where if, if you don't agree with me, Alex, then you know I don't want to really deal with you. Well, here's the deal. What makes human life and what makes all of us so special is our uniqueness. What I think society has lacked a little bit, and I'm not like an old man screaming down from the rooftops here, but we are allowed to disagree about certain topics, but that shouldn't get in the way of us getting to know one another, learning Both about those things can be true, Tyler. Yeah, exactly. So I think with Sergio, boy, what a fierce competitor. I think he told me his lowest score at Muni, by the way, was 64, which oh. I could dream about that <laughs> eight hours a night on my pillow, but yeah. I probably will never in my lifetime get to a 64 on any golf course. But Sergio did what he thought was best for him. And I think a lot of these PGA golfers who made the switch to live, they thought they were doing what was best for them and their family. And you know what, Alex, to me, that's totally okay. If that's what you want to do, then do it. Uh, I enjoyed talking with Sergio. Sergio has done a ton giving back to the community here in Austin. His wife played on the Texas women's golf team. So there's that connection. And again, anyone who makes it to that level that incurs that kind of prosperity 
in a professional sport and is taking the time to give back to not only golf courses, but young golfers. And he does a ton of that here in the Austin community. So does his wife. Then that deserves to be credited. Now, do I agree with everything? Would I have gone to live? Well, I don't know. I wasn't in that position, but I think you have to accept people for who they are and give people the chance because right now as a pro athlete, you can be perceived one way, but if you actually get to know them in person, they could be totally different and totally shock you by who they are actually as people. Definitely. Yeah. His actions have spoken very loudly from, from a local perspective from what I've seen. So uh, that's been cool to see you highlighting the, the local, you know, professional golfers in the Austin area as well, too. Again, it's Tyler Feldman. Join us here in the course of life. Uh, let's get to some fun questions now. He's DJ Felly Fell on Instagram. So I'm curious where that nickname came from for, for your Instagram tag, uh, because there's a DJ Felly Fell that I remember from way back in the day in music, but I'm wondering if they're related at all. They are related. Now, my musical taste is pretty eclectic. I'm not a huge DJ Felly Feld fan, but I'm old. I'm not that old, though. So I've had that Instagram account since high school. Nice. Now, when I'm in high school, yeah, of course, I'm not going to do my Instagram handle as Tyler Feldman TV. I, I wasn't at that stage yet. Um, but I like to leave my Instagram and my socials as what they are and what they were as much as possible. So people can understand that I'm not just like, yeah, I had a, I had a pretty normal childhood. I went to high school. There was this DJ, DJ Felly Feld. And like, yeah, why not make that my Instagram name? I had no idea what Instagram would become or what it really was when I created my account. So that is, you, you were right on, spot on. That is why it is DJ Felly Feld. And I've just never changed it. I appreciate you keeping it that way. And yeah, for those who don't know, I was in college when DJ Felly Fell was popular. So so I absolutely remember Get Buckin' Here as his big hit song. He was yeah. basically like a poor man's version of DJ Khaled that didn't quite pan out to that level of success. But I love that you use the nickname and it flows perfectly with your last name. So you can't yeah, go wrong. Yeah, why not? Honest, truthfully, not a lot of people have asked me about that. I, just, I guess they just have accepted it or just don't care. But I appreciate you, you bringing that to light. That's why we're digging. We're professional journalists here, in case you yes. can't tell. Yes. These are the hard questions right here. Um, then the, the next one is a tough one, I know. You hinted at a little bit. State of your golf game. How's it doing? I know you said you're about a double bogey golfer, but have there been any highlights recently on the course for you? How often do you get to play? So I actually played, I, I, I'm just on this roll of you turn 30 and then you just go to weddings and, and, and bachelor parties. I actually yes. went to Scottsdale and played at a course called Talking Stick. Mm, I've heard a lot about it. I've not played that course in the air. I've played a few great ones, but not that one. It was in really good condition for the heat of the summer. It was about 110 degrees that day. Front nine was okay. My back nine, I was just on fire. I shot a 40. Uh, Par was 35 on the back nine. Nice The best golf I've played in recent memory. You could ask, it was actually Jeff Barker. He's sports anchor over at the CBS station here in Austin. It was his bachelor party. He can't confirm I probably should not bring it up as much, but when you play average golf so consistently, if you shoot a 40, a five over on a back nine, then yeah, I'm going to talk about it. That, that was the best golf I played. I was hitting all my, my irons well. I have this hybrid club that I love and my putting was fine. I really do need to get a new putter. Um, I actually have a Nike putter from way back. Nice. It has like the, the junk in the trunk is what I like to call it. It's one of those putters. <laughs> yes. 
And I think what I've learned is I need a straight edge putter. That's all I need. I don't need to get one of those older putters that looks like the space station or something like that. Yeah, it was a little bit too ridiculous. I do need to invest in a new putter. I think the the 40 was well-timed, Tyler, because honestly, if you do the 40 just to hear at home, it's one thing. But when you do it on the bachelor party, that round's going to resonate for way longer in the headlines with your friends. Yeah, Jeff had had Jeff's from L.A., so some of his L.A. friends were like, who is this guy? And I'm just like, I'm I'm DJ Felly Fell. Nice right, to meet exactly. you. <laughs> so on that note, I've seen you go to a few recently. What is your favorite bachelor party city that you've been to? Oh, man, that's a good question because went to Vegas and that was basically geared around Summer League, which by the way, NBA Summer League was awesome. Um, nice. Yeah, that sounds the fun. arena where UNLV plays, but there's basically a practice gym attached so there's one game in the practice arena that can hold maybe 2,000 people, very intimate. And then there's the bigger arena. So we were, and you can walk back and forth. There's a connection inside. So I really enjoyed that. Scottsdale is really beautiful. Scottsdale is really beautiful. I will say though, I'm not really an outdoorsy person necessarily, but living in Austin, I love running around Lady Bird Lake. That is one of my favorite things to do just to clear the mind. And I'm not saying I'm necessarily in my outdoorsy era, but wake surfing on Lake Tahoe was pretty awesome. Mm, I haven't done the Lake Tahoe trip, but you know what's sitting out there is that wonderful week where they have the celebrity golf tournament in July. And I've, I've had that on my bucket list to go attend and cover that event. So I'm going to make that happen one yeah, of these years. To your list, I'd also like to cover that too. But Lake Tahoe was beautiful. The water was crystal clear. And we were there in, in um, September, so it wasn't, I wish the water was 10 degrees warmer, but literally the water is super clear. Just beautiful, really beautiful. We went hiking too. So um, if you like the outdoors, I think Lake Tahoe could, could be the one. Love that. Shout out to Tahoe. Love it. And we end with our 19th hole question for you, Tyler. Real simple. You get into your favorite clubhouse after a decent round on the course. Let's say you shot 40 on the back nine. Uh, what's your go-to meal and drink at the 19th hole? Uh. <laughs> Here in Austin, probably some tacos. I'd still probably go breakfast tacos. I'm a, I'm a breakfast guy. I would eat breakfast for dinner four days out of the seven-day day week. Um, drink, I'm probably going Tito's, Austin-based, and, and soda and the lime. Keep it simple. But I'd, I'd go for some, some breakfast tacos, some crispy bacon in one, maybe some chorizo in the other, maybe just Amigas the third. So get some chorizo. Uh, uh, in that second one, like I said, and uh, some hot sauce and we're golden. That sounds amazing. I'm glad you shouted out the Migas Taco, one of my favorite foods in the city as well. Underrated, too. underrated. And there's a lot of great spots for breakfast tacos here in Austin. So I, I'd probably, I could go five years here without hitting up everyone. Definitely. Good picks indeed. Tyler, thank you so much for hopping on the Course of Life. Really appreciate you joining, giving a little perspective to your career and what's going on here in the Central Texas golf scene. And uh, we'll make a point to, uh, to tee it up sometime when you get, when you get some free time. Absolutely. And hey, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent, Alex, and I appreciate you having me on of usually now I get to 13 or 14 holes and I'm, I'm good. I, I want someone to create a 13 or 14 hole golf course. That mm, way my that score should be in the future. My score That's would be far a, away. Hey, my score would be a lot better. And those last three holes that I'm just like dragging, I, I wouldn't have to worry about those putts. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> Amen. Appreciate it, Tyler. You have a good one. Hey, thanks, Alex. You too. back great chat there with tyler i'm always a fan of saving historical golf courses 
and not building over them. We need the green space. So I am all in on on Team Muni here. Thank you. I appreciate that sentiment. I know you're a little bit of an outsider of the cause, but for those who don't know, like Tyler mentioned, Lions, your legendary old time golf course that's been there for a century. I want to keep it the way it is. Everyone in Austin, the golf community loves it. And, and Mike, I forgot to mention this to you. When I golfed with Noah Hester a few weeks ago in Dallas, yeah. they have the Invitational in honor of Save Muni. It's basically a charity tournament for Save Muni in Austin every year where you dress up crazy in March. You go play 18 holes at Lions, the said course we're talking about right now. Uh, so that could be a fun uh, a trip or an 18-hole adventure for all of us. If not, I'm going to get to play with Noah in the spring here and uh, tee it up at Muni. But uh, I appreciate Tyler being on and showcasing those Central Tech Texas golf causes and uh, follow along at KVU if you want to follow more of his content as well, too. If you like that conversation, plus everything else we're doing here on this podcast, make sure you punch that subscribe button. Leave us a rating uh, of your choice. More the merrier, but we'll take whatever. You can find us on Instagram, C-O-L podcast. Alex is Course of Life Alex. I'm M-W-R-I-N-C. It's the same thing on threads. We're on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, Course of Life 1 and MWRINC. Of course, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, all the different apps. If you're listening to us on one and you want to listen to us on another, you can do that as well. And uh, I'm just going to tease. We got some exciting changes that we're going to be looking at doing over the next few weeks. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. For now, let's talk about football. Of course, it was college football rivalry weekend here in Georgia with the Georgia-Florida game. Uh, Just, just, just crushed Florida was hopes and dreams demolished as yeah. Georgia just just took the ball and continually pounded it into the end zone. Yeah, it's just one of those games where Florida was never really in it. You knew they were like competitive <laughs> and within a few scores, but completely outmatched in the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Bulldogs winning by 23, staying unbeaten like we all thought, easily covered the spread by over a score. As for my picks, overall, pretty much a wash, 6-6 six and six on the 12 picks that I posted on Twitter and threads. We'll take it. Nothing like a wash of a week. It was a fun weekend college experience watching the football here in paradise. And then this weekend, Mike, the notable one is LSU versus Alabama. Always a fun SEC rivalry uh, under the lights at Bryant-Denny. Should be definitely a highlight game of the week for college football fans. Let's talk about the NFL and our favorite teams, the Patriots and the Giants. We are the biggest losers in the world. This is getting really sad. And and, and the thing is, like, I'm, I want to continue this segment on yeah. just so I can kind of listen back. Really, this isn't for anyone else out there. This is just so I can listen back yeah, and hear yeah, how yeah. sad it gets as the season goes. And I want to remind myself what rock bottom sounds like because, mm-hmm. boy, this feels like it. After, no- after notching six championships in 20 years, my team is now two and six and just already telling the world that there's no shot at making the playoffs. Like this new existence where you're just playing games just to play games and there's no path and there's no playoff scenario is, is quite startling to me. You know, if this continues, Alex, you will become a fair weather fan like I am, and you just won't watch football for a few years. <laughs> That's the best joke you've told all month on here. Jesus. Um, I did think it was interesting, though. Uh, you know, you played a little Boston sports talk in the car as we were doing the drive, and uh, they were talking about firing uh, Belichick. It sounds like it's actually got some uh, momentum up there. In oh, Boston. yeah, there's a, there's enough steam to fire Bill right now. As crazy as that sounds, <laughs> the, the guy that's brought in us all of our glory alongside Tom Brady. Look, look. I mean, 
I know that the clock, the 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 the, the, sh- the scale is shifted in terms of the Brady Belichick pie. You and I used to think it was fifty fifty, but maybe it's a little more like seventy five twenty five Brady Belichick now. I mean, keep in mind that my Giants jettisoned Tom Coughlin. <laughs> After he had won two Super Bowls for them, right? Way too soon. They 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 screwed up that firing so badly. Uh, so you know, I don't know if the Patriots will do that, but they could. So Bill Belichick could have a similar uh, similar out. Yep, it's messy in New England. Let's go ahead. Thank thank you for that fifteen second focus alert. The yeah. Giants did lose to Zach Wilson. The Jets that needs to be proclaimed from the rooftops in overtime. Um, that's all you need to know about the Giants right now. Uh, the Giants have a major problem at quarterback because uh, Daniel Jones is out. Tyree Taylor uh, doesn't seem to be the answer anymore. So they're going to third string if Daniel Jones isn't back. You know that's a great contract working out right now for the Giants on Daniel Jones. Let me tell you, it's looking fantastic. Great spending. Right? Great spending. It doesn't make me feel as bad about that $10 cocktail I had a happy hour when I see yeah. how much the Giants spent on Daniel, Daniel Jones past That's year. true. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Uh, uh, hey, for now, though, let's uh, turn our attention to something a little sweeter. Let's hashtag always end with food. Yep. Our food segment to end every Course of Life podcast at always end with food on Instagram. I'm on vacation. Like I mentioned, I'm looking out at the Gulf of Mexico right now. So it's obviously got to be seafood. I'm checking the boxes everywhere I can here in Southwest Florida. I've got the coconut shrimp. The crab cake sandwich done. Happy hour. Just had a little oyster trio, uh, nice. a roll of sushi, some fish and chips yesterday. I mean, I, I don't even know where else I can go from here, but uh, the seafood journey continues for me. I mean, that's what you eat when you're when you're on the on the water. You eat seafood. I saw some dolphins this morning as I had my breakfast on the patio, and you know exactly what that view looks like. Oh, and then I was fantastic. swimming in the Gulf and I got those little fish. I don't know if they're trout. I, don't, I really didn't look what type of fish they are, but they love jumping out of the water. They just fly out of the water like a foot above sea level. And they just like kind of belly flop and they kind of come back to life about 10 seconds later. It was a fantastic wash. So uh, yeah, it's all things seafood here in Florida this week. Uh, for me this weekend, I, I was, I made a, uh, a, a brown sugar spice bunt cake. Mm, you you would you attempted to that's for sure no no i made it it was it was a successful cake the mm. failure was in the the vessel being extracted from the vessel it's the vessel it's always the vessel right so we have a slightly more extravagant bunt pan uh and i still sprayed the living daylights out of it with non-spray baking spray so that it would release um wow. but it, it did not release and came out eventually in I think more than five pieces. Um, so then the problem is, what do you do? Okay. Yeah, and I was wondering about this, and 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 you actually followed through on the thought that I had. I was a little oh, confused yeah. as to what I, you were going to do with the leftovers, but you ended up making it work in the end. Yeah, everyone uh, decided to chime in, which had already been decided before anyone even did chime in, that I should be making cake pops with this failed cake. You know, did your classic Dunkin' Donuts munchkins for the, the uneducated at home. Just give me, uh, give me a little something. Just give me a little sure. something small and circular I can pop in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So I made some cream cheese frosting, mixed the cake with that, and then yep. dipped it in some uh, vanilla candy melts. And uh, I didn't put a stick in it because I didn't have any sticks, so they're just cake balls. And they're uh, a, a very tasty solution to uh, a, a poor outcome of, of cake retrieval. Nice work around indeed. That was good Thank to you. see. Again, at Always End With Food and at M-W-R-I-N-C uh, if you want to follow along with his food and baking diaries. Good to see you make uh, good lemonade out of some sour lemon scenario there. Uh, so course. again, that was Always End With Food. 
another great wrap on the Course of Life podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, be sure to like and subscribe right now so you're tuned in for next week's episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.